0: We know we're entering the final chapter for Street Fighter V, and we know that Capcom is changing up their approach and letting the creativity flow just a bit more with their developments now. So one has to wonder, to what extent will Season 5 be a testbed for Street Fighter VI? Plus, Majin Shinhan joins us to talk about the apparent age-old process of dumbing down fighting games for casual players, and to discuss where the heck King of Fighters 15 is and why he's been playing older games during COVID, all on this week's episode of the Event Hub's podcast.
1: Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Event House Podcast. I
0: am John Catalyst-Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. And I need some spirit bomb energy because I feel like I have zero mana left in the tank right now. <laughs> Man, yesterday I actually took the day off from work, but only because we have uh, we're doing this crazy excavation, remodeling, adding a new fence, and doing everything in our yard right now, getting ready for this wedding coming up. And uh, I basically spent all day yesterday next to a giant tractor, which was digging stuff up, and then in the holes that were made by that, these basins that were put putting in our yard, constantly breathing dirt and dust <laughs> and, uh, and, and being like hunched over and crouched down, and I am feeling it today. So oh, I am here, I am ready to record this podcast, I am using all of my extra reserves, but, uh, but please send me any extra spirit bomb energy that you got, because I could definitely use it
1: yeah uh definitely trying to, to bomb you as much as possible, but I know that um I know you' you've been talking about something recently, you've been playing a bit more doom right like like how is that working for you
0: <laughs> yeah, I just picked it up uh this morning officially started this morning and and i did that because i wanted to sort of you know like relax and and ease into our work shift today and and the recording the podcast and everything and it was cool it's fun it's it's a great game so far it's doom 2016 i guess i should Mm -hmm. be specific about that um but it's also uh (laughs) made me kind of nauseated because of the uh the camera movements and stuff so i'm also fighting that off but no, I'm 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 moving forward with good energy. I'm ready to record. We're gonna go. We're gonna do right.
1: it. <laughs> right. Now, no, I I have to ask you. So you, you, you said you took yesterday off. That was your birthday. You turned 26. So congratulations on that. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> it, it's uh, did you. Do you feel a little de-energized from your birthday? It's like, you know, you're getting older.
0: It's you're in your mid 20s now. It's it's hard, but mid- uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I remember turning 25 and being sad about that quarter century, John, and how, Oh man, I'm a quarter century old and that was seven years ago which of course 26 minus 7 is 25 you guys can do the math Um, maybe it's part of it I don't know I think that you still got a lot left in the tank in your 30s maybe you start feeling the knees maybe when you stand up fast you get a little dizzier more often and things like that but until I get the doctor oh. saying it directly to me that your levels of whatever are lower than they should be or lower than they used to be, then I'm going to just believe that I can still do everything that I used to be able to do, and I'm still just as immortal as I was when I was 26.
1: <laughs> mm. oh, <dear>. <laughs> Sounds like a good I, policy
0: in of life, right? Yeah.
1: It's, I, I remember you saying about like, you know, the creaky knees and other stuff like that. When, when my dad used to like sit down or stand up, he would like let out noises and other things. Like You don't just sit down. You announce it, right? Um, and we used to make fun of him sounding like Jabba the Hutt, like, like <laughs> and, and my brothers and I are all older now, and like we sit down and do it and go, "Oh, it's not exactly like Dad." And we used to give him so much crap about this. It's like you. You, you you really start to feel your age as now you get you, older
0: it's you're ugh. saying size of relief like you get up and uh, i thought you, when you first said that i thought it's like he stands up and like the pressure releases from his joints and you can hear it like whirring out as it you know depressurizes and things like that oh man it's it's no good it's
1: no good getting older i want to i want to be able to stop at a certain age but um you know i'm, I'm 29 so I'm a little older than you but you know i'm, <laughs> I'm good stopping here so <laughs> all right well speaking of things that are aging uh final year of Street Fighter V. Um, we know this is the last the game has got. Uh, it's a little less than a year now of official support, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually think that this final year is probably going to offer a taste here of Street Fighter Six. And we've spoken before about how Capcom did not intend uh, to have this be the final season of Street Fighter V, and it came up because Street Fighter VI got delayed. And while I don't think it was their original intention, there are reasons to believe that they could sneak some concepts that they're working on for Street Fighter VI into Street Fighter V, the current game, before it ends. Yeah. and something we've documented extensively on the website is that street fighter four's omega mode was a preview of various street fighter five movesets characters like cody sakura they actually had direct previews of some of their moves uh that were making their way into street fighter five among many other characters it wasn't just them it was like a bunch of characters had you know preview movesets right mm-hmm. so also capcom outright told us at one point that omega edition was a preview of sorts for street fighter five they would later retract that statement and say oh yeah we uh no, no, that didn't happen. And they, stuff like they that. They
0: totally said it wasn't at one point as well. It's just kind of yeah. goofy. It seems fairly obvious. Like, why else would you do something like that? I mean, it maybe some other reasons, but it, it felt obvious. And then it felt like, like, yeah, they had told us that it was, and then they hadn't. And I don't know why to, to cover that up at all, or but it whatever. Was,
1: they had let the cat out of the bag, right? And, and they had not wanted to to really, you know, say it. it's we were sniffing around too closely about that being a thing, and and so they're like, oh yeah, we don't want to get in trouble with this one, at, you know, our corporate office and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So we're going to pull it back. But regardless, uh, however, you know, that went down, the proof is right there. I don't think anyone could argue that a Mega Edition wasn't a preview of a number of moves that were going to make their way into Street Fighter V. I don't think that that case exists. And if it does, you know, hit me up with it. But I I think it's a fact. So Mm -hmm. we know that Street Fighter VI is going to have uh, a team mechanic in it, um, or that it was at least. Uh, Now, I don't know if that's still taking place because Ono potentially got fired over that choice or, you know, demoted or whatever and left, you know, however you want to do that. Um, but we've also heard that Akira, one of the last characters in the game, is going to have a team mechanic based with her, with her brother uh, Dago or Daigo or however it is. Mm-hmm. Um, while this isn't a lock, uh, as Akira's release is, you know, seven to nine months away, um, she could be heavily tweaked at this you know moment in time, not have that team mechanic or whatever. But you can also see how Capcom may be including some previews of Street Fighter 6 concepts they're working on to see how the community reacts to them and, and, you know, how they look fundamentally when the developers are building them out. Not just what the community reaction is, but like how does this actually end up when it's out in the wild, right? Right. Um, so we we have a direct confirmation. Uh, we've seen the models of, of Daigo, Dago, whatever. Uh, Akira's brother, we know he's going to be some kind of factor with her and, you know, it's it, just makes sense rival schools is based heavily around a team-based mechanic we knew street fighter six was going to have that in there like all this kind of stuff we can see this coalescing into like hey
0: here's some previews here's some taste of what street fighter six has to offer so what's the benefit of doing that right now is it and and specifically i mean um when you take the omega into street fighter 5 example because cuz like testing some of these moves in the atmosphere of Street Fighter 4 versus the atmosphere of Street Fighter 5 I don't know how much it's going to actually do for you. It's like, well, what does it mean for for this move to be this efficient here when a lot of things change, you know, the mechanics, the 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 flow of the battle, the damage output, all those kind of things change. Is it more along the lines um, of testing, just just like having assets that then you can quickly copy paste over to the new thing and have them work fairly similarly? So it's like you're doing the, you're making kind of like a skeletal outline and then you can just port it over really quickly and and, and don't have to worry about some of those basic things? Or do do you think this really does tie into the way the game is going to flow and the way it's going to feel and things more along those lines?
1: Yes, to both, actually. I think that you've illustrated it really well. And one of the things I think that will hit home for our listeners a lot, because you guys have been talking about this, is how much you've been going back to play Street Fighter 4 to see what you want in Street Fighter 6. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to have a real thing, a real tangible thing to play against. And, and to see how that might work in a future game. And even if it's not, you know, I mean we know Street Fighter Six is gonna be completely different than four than and five. That's just the history of Street Fighter. It's how the, that franchise works. But we we've seen a number of mechanics and other things bleed over into these other games. And it gives you a test bed to work off of. It gets you, you know, like you said, the skeleton maybe to work with, a framework, some idea of it. Instead of it being just a concept in your head, which may or may not be good, you're having something tangible where you can actually mess with it. And you, you know, we know the Capcom team, they, they play hundreds of matches a day or something like that or whatever. It's their jobs to play. Like giving those teams, uh, that, that balancing team, A real tangible product versus like an idea in your head to play against and say hey this works or this doesn't Mm. it's huge especially in an existing and proven engine in street fighter 5.
0: yeah and also since we're talking about skeletons so much skullamania confirmed as the final character for street fighter 5 here yeah (laughs) there Um, it is Um, so, so one of the things that we do see as a common thread in the upcoming characters, and I would argue in some of the more recent releases for Street Fighter V, is that each character has a more obvious and well-defined like sub mechanic that they engage in uh, uniquely, right? So, like G's presidentiality levels, and um, uh, Gill's retribution. We know that Dan is gonna well sort of have his taunts be part of his uh, his unique approach the, oro's got this turtle balance thing going on we just talked mm-hmm. about Ak- akira um not so sure about rose but that seems to be like one of these new things that Capcom's really doing to further make these characters unique do you think that that might be something that transfers into Street Fighter 6 and just is a, a standard thing for everybody else fleshed out as much as it's been in recent times?
1: Yeah, I think that I think it's something that actually Killer Instinct really um, kind of helped bring home is like giving every character a very unique and strong flavor in it. And I think that the FGC has kind of universally seen that and been like, that's a really cool thing to have. Let's do more of that. Uh, and I think you're seeing less cookie cutter approaches to characters. And I, I think you're really trying to see much more in this day and age um more unique characters outside of the launch rosters like launch rosters kind of tend to be a little bit more tame by nature um but as developers have said many times as we heard them the more they learn about these games the more they feel freedom to kind of explore them in different ways right um so you get a little bit more you know
0: a uh, cookie cutter with with the launch stuff but yeah so. i get kind of afraid of that though of mm-hmm. of this idea of giving everybody this much unique stuff and there's there certainly are gradations right because you can say that this was done already with the v system in street fighter 5 everybody has their unique v skill v triggers and that absolutely sets them apart from each other think about g's v trigger versus vegas and what that implies for each character how they're going to approach things how strong they're going to be but at the same time if you make it that unique and that different on this level of of uh, it's it's they're so different from each other that i'm worried about this it it takes me to the same conversation i had about fong going into Street Fighter V before the game had even dropped. And it's like he's so different from everybody else with his poison mechanic that it's either Mm. likely going to shoot him to the very top or he'll be absolutely dominant or they'll tweak it down so that it doesn't do that, but then it's going to put him at the very bottom. And sure enough, where did that character end up as a a meme for the first parts of the game and then still never that great? And actually i gotta say fong is is super unique but i have never enjoyed him in this game and i don't think yeah. people have enjoyed watching him all that much relatively speaking it's not to say he doesn't have fans it's Not the say there aren't hype moments we appreciate shen and, and a handful of others playing this character but i don't like playing against him. i have no desire to play as him and he was one of the characters that i started as uh and, and really i don't feel like he's been all that good of an addition to this game that doesn't mean that every character that has their own thing is going to be like that but they might be so different that it's going to be really hard to balance at least as the way i'm seeing it emerge like that and and i'm i mean how how season 5 plays out might be a good kind of test bed for this but with that in mind it kind of makes me worried both for season 5 and for the potential for a street fighter 6 if they go in this direction
1: yeah, it, it, it's why you make the case for characters being more homogenized when they're on the launch roster. Fong is a great example of that. You maybe want to make a character like Fong later on in the game's lifespan when you understand it a bit more. Mm-hmm. When you really understand what the meta and other things are going. And it's it's why you see the launch cast being, eh, you know, a little like, vanilla. Here's where you yeah it's it, it here's where you here's chun Li here's you know a handful of other characters that you're, you're probably fairly familiar with you have a few standouts there I, I really love karen in this game i think she's been a great character um i i enjoy vega you know kind of thing uh i i think he's all right you know for the launch roster uh but then you have a lot of other characters i just think fell apart with the the launch cast like i think cammy is really bad design i think bison is um i think a lot oh, of those characters just did not go out well right mm-hmm. um so it, it's, it's not the worst thing ever. You know, I, I don't hate those characters with a passion. Um, it's like, I think they just need to be tweaked, you know, design-wise. But I think that's kind of, it speaks very heavily to the launch roster. And that's why DLC is so important in these games and why it adds so many different flavors. Uh, it really breathes new life into these games. And that's what I see coming here with Street Fighter V, potentially at the end. Like, how can we inject some new life, some new things into this product? Uh, why we still have it here, right? And I, I think it's one of the big reasons I'll come Calcom signed up for what one more year of this game when they really wanted to move away from it. I think the developers and other people kind of got sold on this concept of hey, we can we can try some new things here and I think Gil and Seth are proof of that, right? Sure. Um, so, it, it, but let me let me actually focus here on Street Fighter 5 for a minute and say, if this game is not your cup of tea it, it, there's other great games in the community, we talk about this a lot. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11, Tekken 7, Smash Brothers, like you name it there are a plethora uh, yeah, I use that word, three amigos, shout out, but <laughs> there are a plethora of options here Um, that you can go to, but a lot of people just love Street Fighter. They love the feel of the game. They want Street Fighter V to be this kind of thing. And if this game is not your cup of tea... What I do recommend doing is playing the game like you want Street Fighter VI to be. And I can actually speak about this from personal experience, even if that concept sounds funny, right? But Dream King and I were training partners back in the day for Street Fighter 4. We played a lot, probably a couple times a week, plus rank play on top of it, right? I don't want to speak too heavily for Dream King, but I know for myself I started to really get bored with the game and just not enjoy it that much. I think he felt the same way, or at least a similar way. Like there's only so many times you can play Rose versus Dudley and be like, you know whatever but we started doing something called randoms where we would pick whomever and basically try and style on the other person do crazy combos just crazy reads and all this other kind of stuff um street fighter 4 it was such a safe game where you basically never wanted to commit and if you um if you didn't want to be able to uh make stuff i I should say if you if you made a commitment you wanted to try to make it as safe as humanly possible it's just there was very little room for offensive creativity it was all footsies and like safe it it just uh, and after you've done that a thousand times in a row and you've played hundreds upon hundreds or thousands of matches man just literally multiple times a week doing this kind of stuff you've had enough after a handful of years you just really get stuck in a rut so what we did sure yeah, what we did is we played these characters, like these other characters, in a very wild fashion where it was all about committing and making crazy reads on the other player. And we had a blast doing this for a year or two as Street Fighter 4 ended and Street Fighter 5 got released. This is what we were doing for like the last year or two of Street Fighter 4's lifespan. And then Street Fighter 5 came out and we wrapped our heads around this game and we joked that Capcom looked at our random sets and said, let's make a game based around this. <laughs> it's like they did. We, it was not our intention. It was kind of like they did that. And, and, and our goal here isn't to reinvent the wheel, right, but to, to gather experience and knowledge uh, about the other characters and have fun while doing so. And so we ended up playing Street Fighter IV like like it was Street Fighter V in the process, a happy accident, right? And that's actually what I'm advising for people. If you hate Street Fighter V and you can't get into the game and you don't, but you can't get into the other fighting games, play the game like you think you want it to be Street Fighter VI. And, and there's actually a lot of magic and fun that happens there. And John, I know that you and Dream King are actually doing something very similar to
0: this right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying to wrap my mind around what that might look like because, as as far as I can tell, I've been playing Street Fighter Five the way I would want the Street Fighter game to play, and that hasn't <laughs> been playing out for me uh, in the way that yeah. I would hope all this time. But yeah, no, no. Let me
1: let me get some details of how that looks. Basically, sure. is you, you, you stop playing to t- try to win pretty much at all. Like you, you pretty much like you, you play the game. Like obviously you'd love to win. But instead of like in Street Fighter 4, if playing to win was like the most optimal route was like playing super safe and like just uh, as, as lack of commitments as humanly possible, covering everything with option selects. Well, how that looked is like you're like, OK, I, if I'm going to play it like Street Fighter 4, I'm not going to give two dams about option selects. I'm not going to give two dams about making commitments and other stuff. I realize it's not optimal, but you know what it is? It's fun. And this is so much more fun to play. So you would play Street Fighter V more like... Play like I enjoy, a casual. Yeah, I, employ, I enjoy footsies or I enjoy this and stuff like that. And you just completely forget about points and other stuff. And yeah, the point system in this game is brutal and problematic and all this other kind of stuff. All these other issues with the game, you kind of throw them out the window and you just play the game to have fun. And and, and play the game like kind of as a preview to Street Fighter VI because we know some elements are coming through. And, and also just like if you really want to play fighting games, and I know you and Dream King have been struggling with this, you guys want to play Street Fighter V and really want to enjoy it, but you just can't, like, having the mindset, like, let me try to do this as a preview of Street Fighter VI might be very beneficial for you.
0: That sounds like the purest, most wholesome thing to play just to have fun. It's funny to me because... Uh, I don't disagree with you, but it's something that's been so kind of removed from my approach to Street Fighter in recent times. Uh, been playing to learn, playing to be able to talk about it, playing to be able to write about it, and, and you know, for work and and to stay up in the competition. That <laughs> I don't know. I'm too far. I'm too far. You know, in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean spoilers. Will's dad is part of the uh, the ship, and he's now grown into the ship, and there's like it's too late for me son this is where i am now and there's no going back i feel like i am i am grown into the ship uh, that is this is street fighter for me now and having fun with it is just something for for the young pure of heart people to do Mm -hmm. uh so that's my first reaction to that but um I think that there there is something to be garnered from that approach. If you just go into it, I mean, it's not completely removed from when you say you know don't play for points when you're trying to get better. This it's a it's a different objective in that you're just trying to have fun now, not just to, to get better in different ways. But um, yeah, I think that there's it's it's worth doing it. It I think there are a lot of snags in the road where you can say well what about this and what about that and but but yeah play it. I guess I would play more towards just. Emphasizing controlled play and and seeing if that can work, but again, that just to me that would just end in frustration if I'm trying to do that with Street Fighter Five. So maybe that wouldn't work. But. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's you have to realize that like Capcom is actively looking at gameplay and feedback in the community for what to do with Street Fighter Six. Then they are very very plugged in. Even if they're not communicating a lot on it, they're reading this stuff and checking it out. And, and if we come to them with a few ideas and other things, and they see gameplay of, of a style that people are having fun with and that they're really enjoying, they're going to be much more likely to look at that two, three, four times and be like, "Is there something there? Is there some magic we can tap into?" Um, you know, we, we're we're going to talk about this here with Nick, but just kind of the magic of fighting games. What makes them universally tick, mm-hmm. right? Like, what goes? And, and Capcom wants that. Like, they they want it. They want people to recapture that magic of Street Fighter Two, of Street Fighter Four, of, of the beloved fighting games that we've all played. And you actively trying to do that and just embrace what is fun there and not so much care about winning because I mean, we're the competitive community. We care so much about that. Sometimes it gets put above all other things and it can be hard for us to divorce ourselves from that. But if you actively try to do it, you'd be shocked at how often you can do that. And and then just bring back that core, loving, enjoyable parts of why we we started to play fighting games to begin with. And it's like a new beginning. It's like a Phoenix getting reborn or, and stuff in a certain <laughs> way. Uh, and, and all the, the awful implications I'm sure that brings with Marvel 3 fans and all that kind of stuff. But there is a rebirth here kind of going on because we're, we're, we're seeing one game die off and another one coming very soon. And so there is an opportunity to kind of reshape ourselves and reshape the community in a better image uh, than it's at right now. Uh, it doesn't mean it's going to be universally great, just that there's an opportunity kind of staring us in the face. And I would love it for people to kind of embrace that and enjoy it. Like even, you know, you can tell us what, what feedback you see from it. And we'll take that to Capcom. We'll put it here on the podcast and on the website and stuff like that. There is a, there is a definite chance for you to influence these games in a very positive way and help capcom and others create a better product that everyone in the fgc really wants to play
0: you know as you say that and as i consider this i think your example of playing randoms with a friend is the perfect way to do this and it doesn't really matter what game you're talking about as long as you guys aren't playing uh, characters that are that Maybe it's that you don't have this pre-programmed understanding of as much, and, and it, some people play the cast already, you know, or dabble a little bit, but the point is you remove yourself from the the intricacies that you've learned of the game, and you go back to much—it's um, like wiping the slate clean, right? Because if I, if I play random and suddenly I'm playing, you know, Armika, who's a character that I've never really explored very much, I, I'd, I'd have to figure out her basic commands, you know, like, which way is her super and stuff along those lines. I would be playing with a much more blank slate and and just naturally I wouldn't have as much in the way of expectation. So maybe just flat out taking that example, play randoms against a friend um, and, and then use that to be this fresh approach to the game and then you can explore these particular avenues. That might be the perfect model to do this with because I can see it being beneficial and I can see that fun, you know, cause you 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 lose, you shed that need mm-hmm. of course I'm not expected to win. It's like who's we sometimes will settle on who's gonna drive or we used to, <laughs> who's gonna drive uh, you know, up to Phoenix or whatever, the hour and a half drive there and back. Uh, but when we're gonna go to a tournament, well the way you might settle it is is play for it. And if there's a pretty big discrepancy in, you know, who's who's pretty hot right now in tournaments, like, oh, well, so-and-so's going to win. Well, what if we just do randoms? We've done that a handful mm-hmm. of times. And those are very, very fun. And you go like, well, <laughs> what's my Monat going to do against my friends Zabuki? We don't we both yeah. don't play these games. Um, and it, it, you really boil down to the basics. And you boil down to just very, very basic strategies of, well, I'm just going to stand back, find the one button that works here, and just try to make that work. And so, yeah, maybe that does disconnect you from the side of the hull of the ship, So to speak, and uh, so yeah, I'm gonna try that, and I and I also suggest I I can get on board with this. I was kind of (laughs) like, where where's John coming from? I don't know that I'm fully uh, in agreement here. I think that this works, um, or it has a potential to. So I say try it out, and let's see what happens.
1: Yeah, you know, and Capcom is doing this to some extent too. Again, they're they're trying new things in Street Fighter V. We've seen it already, and they're going to keep doing new things. And so they're they're in this process as well. And kind of the the you can be productive for them and, and the community by doing this. You know, by exploring new things that you you never have because you've written the game off. You want to play Street Fighter, but you know, yeah. But uh, anyways, so if you enjoy the game as is too, like I do, like sweet, uh, you know, you just keep playing it as is. You're perfect, right? There's there's nothing to mess with. But if you are one of those people out there, and we know a lot of people are frustrated with this game and it hasn't been what they want it to be here's a way of still enjoying it if you want to try it from a different lens
0: basically um and and yeah i I have one more thing to tack on to that too because as we are standing right now we're just about to get into the season five content right winter 2020 is just about here guys and that's going to bring about dan a new mechanic the game's going to change substantially and i think part of the way this game is going to change puts us into a similar arena as Playing randoms would right where the where we're in new territory that we're exploring and therefore the stakes of winning are are lessened at least for a while so maybe pick up one of these new characters and approach them uh, in a more of a long form randoms uh, example sort of way where you're just playing with the new character to to explore it as you would what you want from a Street Fighter 6, right? Play yeah. the new characters that way and it can be instead of just a single session or, or restricted to sessions as you would with randoms, it can be the next in these final chapters of the game it might be for you, you know, exploring ro- Rose and playing that style or Oro or whomever, right? But play them like that instead of playing the new character that you might pick up in the same way that you've been playing your old characters in this game, trying to win, trying to be the best, ultimately trying to win Evo, that kind of a style and that kind of approach. Maybe do it that way and you get that long-form version of what we've been talking about.
1: And, and you are practicing what you preached here. You played Nicali, a launch character who is was as, you know, basic... B- as you get pretty much in this game um and, and it, it's it's but you went to one of the more complicated characters in there and seth and, and can you speak about like what
0: that transition was like and, and how eye-opening that's been for you well i'm not completely removed from that desire to win and such and especially with seth being pretty good there you can immediately start to see the things that work for the character and then you're like i'm gonna pursue that and i'm gonna get wins because of that but yes, I have very much intently tweaked my approach to what I want out of this game. I'm not trying to win Evo with it. I'm just trying to learn the game. I'm trying to refine my abilities in in you know how efficient am I with frame traps? How is my pressure? How often do I give up offense when I shouldn't be giving that up? And just going back to the basics with this character, um, trying to become a better Street Fighter player instead mm-hmm. of trying to becoming a uh, trying to become a player that wins at Street Fighter Five specifically, yeah. and and yeah, it's been fun. There's still been plenty of frustration, and again, a lot of that is tied to the fact that I'm also still d- to a heavy degree in that traditional sort of mind frame but uh it it has been liberating and it has been uh refreshing in a in a significant way and it's given me some new life going in into these uh last chapters and it's it's fun you know Mm -hmm. getting a different point of view i'm not one to play a ton of different characters some people like love playing and they cycle through a, a whole bunch or they have a new main every season and that's great that's Probably uh, you you feel these feelings more often than I do, but for someone that it really takes a lot for me to pick up a new character and and really invest a lot into them and be serious with them, this has been very nice. And so it it goes hand in hand too with just always be practicing new characters and seeing the games from different points of view. Because that helps you not only in the, just the general gameplay, learning how to do offense better or defense better, zoning, whatever it is that the character offers, uh, it, it helps you to consume the game and filter the game through different lenses too on, on more broader scales. And, and all of those things are really good for helping you ultimately understand these games better. And the better you can understand, the more you can have fun there it is and
1: just a just a couple bits of advice here to, to enrich your fighting game relationship you know that's that's what we're here for
0: just to to kind of give you some new ideas and new approaches on stuff and, and there it is now joining us will be everyone's favorite event hubs writer nicholas majin Tenshinhan taylor all the way from sweden nick how are you doing it's been a little while
2: Yeah, it's been a while. Um, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I've been a bit under the weather lately, um, so I haven't been as able to participate in stuff like this, but I'm doing better now. Uh, I've still been playing fighting games. I haven't forgotten everything, so I'm uh, definitely mentally capable to uh, stick with you guys. That's actually a bit of what we're going to talk
0: about later on. But uh, John, you were going to say? Just We get to hear that beautiful... Swedish,
1: not Swedish accent that you have. Uh, do you want to tell our listeners? Because I always tell Nick, I'm like, your accent's great. And he's like, yeah, it's actually not Swedish. Like, uh, it's like a cross between. What is it? So I, now?
2: I have no idea what my accent is, but I know it's definitely not a Swedish accent because I know what Swedish <laughs> accents sound like and they do not sound like this. Yeah. Um, I, I remember him saying,
1: like, the always study in Philadelphia, like, uh, Mac on the show, like, does kind of like a <laughs> Swedish accent. And he's like, that's not. Yeah. And so anyway, he was pointing it out. was just like kind of how awkward and, and weird sounding that is. And he's like, "That's definitely not my accent." And I'm like, "Okay, gotcha." Yeah, it's uh, you. You clearly got like a mix of something else going on there. And uh, yeah, got to drop those uh,
0: beautiful. Uh, what is it? The uh, ear babies and people's ears <laughs> or something like that with your accent. So boom, <laughs> there it is. I, I just started playing Doom this morning. Doom 2016 at the recommendation of Catalyst and. The idea of ear babies uh, coming out of the context of just playing that which is all about demons and hell monsters and stuff is terrifying it's like dead space and and uh, i so, actually uh, finished that just last month what dead space or doom doom oh right oh, on nice very nice <laughs> you said you were under the weather it actually the the so much camera movement it's it's very fun and i especially appreciate the music when you get into some some of the action sequences but the camera movement's gotten got me feeling a little bit under the weather myself i had to take a break for like 20 minutes and kind of uh Get my stomach back to uh, to normalcy because I was starting to feel pretty sick myself. So, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, Doom will do it too. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's enough of a break talking about Doom and saying hi to our our guest here. But. Wanted to get into, well, actually, kind of taking a blast from the past when it comes to Street Fighter. I know we've been talking about what the future might hold and such, but Polygon just recently came out with its latest Street Fighter oral history, and this one focuses on Street Fighter Alpha. They've done one on Street Fighter 2, they've done one on the first game, um, and they've been really cool. They go back and they do interviews with the developers and get this really insider point of view of how the process was, where, where you know these games came about, what it was like beforehand, what their motivations were. And so there's a ton of cool information especially for any uh, FGC history buffs in that article but one of the first things that popped out to me was well um, a conversation that I have felt like has been much more modern and that is the uh, simplification or the the increasing of the accessibility of fighting games for more casual players um, juxtaposed of course against the super pros that are in there every single day uh, well, this would be back in the arcade days, in the arcades every single day, figuring out every little nook and cranny of, of, of these games and then being like impossible to touch uh, from a competitive standpoint. And so we talk about that all the time these days. But one of the things that kept coming up in this article from 25 years ago when Alpha was coming out, I think that was, it was 1995 was when the game dropped was that the developers were trying to make it easier for casual players to perform and win early. And I went, that doesn't make sense to me because, like I said, we've been talking about that in modern times. You know, Street Fighter, well, a lot of the more recent ones have simpler inputs and and, um, shortcuts and really they're easier combos, sometimes auto combos, things like that. And we usually highlight games from 25 years ago as the counter examples, but here we had very plain speak de- developers talking about doing that back then. And so I'm thinking this is more than just a snapshot moment. This is something that's been with the FGC almost since day one because this really all kicked off what in the really late 80s with Street Fighter 2, uh, or actually that was the early 90s. It had only been a few years since uh, Street Fighter had really boomed and the fighting game scene really took off. And it's been something ever since. So there's a few questions I have to ask about that. But I want to rope you guys into this. And John, I mean, we were we were all around and we were all playing fighting games at this time. But I think you had your finger on the pulse probably more than, than the rest of us at the time. You're paying maybe a little more attention. And so I wanted to ask you, just as someone who went through this, um, perhaps more intently than the rest of us here... What was it like in the transition between Street Fighter 2 to Alpha from what you remember? And I realize this was yeah. a while back, so just whatever comes off the top of your head, but I'm interested. No, it sucked.
1: No, that pretty much was <laughs> it. It's like it was like what is this garbage? Uh, I remember my friend Ryan specifically saying, "We can air block now?" What the hell is that? Why did you give us the ability to air block? It like negates so much of, you know, what we we love and enjoy in these games and what kind of ended up happening with Alpha is it basically kind of took off and had a life of its own and then Street Fighter 2, I mean Street Fighter 2 kept going for a long time, right? It wasn't until maybe 10 years ago the game finally died off in our community uh, when they remade it, like, like maybe officially killed it at that point in time um, but uh, it's it's funny because they, they talk so much about this. I, I really look at, I, I want to relate this more to our listeners they said this a ton with Street Fighter 4 as well. They mm-hmm. said that they were going to really heavily dial back the game um, and that Ended up actually being probably the most technical game in the entire series, and then I want to turn this one over to Nick. The same thing happened with Marvel Three, and that game was a technical beast. That was a super hard game to play at a high level. But it, all throughout development, they said like we're going to simplify things. No more punch and kicks. It's just light, medium, heavy. Then you he got a special button. People were all pissed off about it. But when it finally came out, it's like this game's really hard to play too. Uh, but Nick, what do you remember?
2: Um, I mean, Marvel Three is definitely a technical game, but. It has very high damage, and doing the simple things is not difficult. When I tried Marvel 2, I felt like doing the simple things was difficult. So I think that's kind of the big contrast here, to make the difficult things difficult, but you don't have to make, like, basics difficult. You want Mm -hmm. players to be able to sit down, understand the game, get how to do the stuff you're supposed to be doing, but then... There's a lot of depth that you can dive into.
1: Mm. Yeah. It, I look at it, you know, a really interesting comparison for me is something like Tetris. Like most people can pick up and play Tetris on a basic level, but when you see that in the hands of a master, you are so impressed by how well they can play the game. I mean, if you go watch a pro-level Tetris player mm-hmm. go and it's just like they're like constantly holding down to get their blocks as fast as possible and all that kind of stuff. It's like they're on level 19 or whatever, you know, on the original Game Boy Tetris or some crap. I think it only went up to 9, but they're at 19 how fast those blocks are falling. <laughs> um And, and and it's just it's the the basic succinct way I would put this is um, um, easy to pick up, impossible to master. Mm-hmm. That's what a fighting game should really aim for. Yeah,
2: and uh, I think when you do anything competitively, it's inevitable that because I think it's such a dumb goal to constantly talk about simplifying things and making it so that the new players can compete against the seasoned players because that's just not something that's going to happen. Because even if you take like someone who's been, I don't know, practicing running for five years, and you put him in basketball, he's probably going to be better than someone who did neither because he already has these basics yeah. from something else. So even if you go from one fighting him to the next, you still have a lot of these basics and they're not going to disappear. And in anything that is a competition, the one who's put in more time doesn't have to win but they're gonna have a much better chance of doing so. They have a better, uh, especially against a beginner in particular.
0: And there's a huge difference now between how we compete with each other versus back then. Back then, as they were noting, it was a lot about the arcades and so first of all, it would be a much smaller sampling and you're going to have your players that float to the top of any sort of group and they'll be the dominant ones, right, and such. But, But nowadays, you're talking much more about just jumping in online and online is already structured so that you play against the people in your skill group a, a lot more so than just if you were to walk into a random arcade and challenge, you know, the Alex Valle, the, the Daigo, the whomever uh, who runs that arcade, you know, on, who's always on the sticks all the time. So do we even need that simplification or should we be more thinking about how do we make it fun to play against other people who are in your skill level? Because I was thinking about this, um, again, a little bit lateral here, but uh, play some Heroes of the Storm just to, you know, when I don't want to <laughs> take some time off it's it's my it's my time off gaming i have i have work time gaming that's when i'm playing street fighter and then time off gaming is when i'm playing uh heroes of the storm and every once in a while we'll we'll get matched up against a team that absolutely knows what they're doing and they're all working together they're probably all in a party together and they have these you know they call the statue of liberty play and we're just sitting there getting run around circles around the uh, in Every aspect of the game and that's not very fun, but I also go okay So these guys are clearly a step ahead. No this particular game isn't that fun because I'm not here to get that good And and I don't need to be here to get that good and I and I, and I don't need that uh, bridge to be made between me and this other team, I could really sit down and I could study every little aspect of the game and I could try to get on this level, and that would be a totally different thing than what I want to do with this game. And because I, I very rarely run into those situations though, I'm, I'm okay with it when it happens. It sucks for a few minutes It's usually those games are fast and then I'm out of it and then go back to fighting people in my level where I'm completely content. And, uh, you know, that that wasn't harbored in those more traditional settings of an arcade or something like that, or even if you're just playing at your locals. But it feels now like anyone that just wants to get in and and play the game at a very basic level and have fun can do that. And if that's the case, do you need all of these different mechanics that that make that gap between pros and casuals smaller? Uh, One of the things I'm going to
1: change gears just a little bit, John, if you don't mind, um, and, and ask a different question because I'm really curious about this and that is has this ever worked has the messaging that they've ever put out there ever been a thing that that translated to the games where you know Nick is talking about like if you're a professional athlete and you go in there you're going to just bop everyone even if you know it it just you have such a a, a natural foundation for uh, more talent more skill whatever. I'm, I'm curious if, like, you know, with FGC developers, they've said this over and over again, as John, you've pointed out, like, since the Alpha days, or maybe even before then, right? And I mean, it's every developer, they all talk about this every time out, Guilty gears is, is now infamous for this, right? Mm-hmm. And... I'm curious, like, is there an example of this ever working where they said, like, hey, we're going to make this so that the the newbies can compete with the other people? It's like it might happen for a short period of time, but that's the foundation of that is a brand new game. It's less the mechanics. It's more of the game. And I'm just actually wanted to run that by you both. Like, do you ever see that happening?
0: Like, ever? When you say, does it work? Do you mean it resonates well with the community and the community accepts it and likes it and responds with, you know, positive tweets? No, just does it?
1: Does that fundamental approach to development that they're talking about ever work? Has it ever worked before? Well, like they talk about it all the time, and like does it does it even happen?
0: This might be a different thing, and I'll, I'll want Nick to jump in on this for sure as well. But uh, you know, the first Street Fighter, the inputs for for, um, and this isn't even on like the the crazy arcade. Uh, Controls it's just like traditional controls, but the inputs were very, very strict and rigid, and it was hard to the point where it wasn't necessarily fun. And that was because maybe you wouldn't even get a DP every time you tried a DP. I don't know if the motion had to be perfect, or sometimes it just flat out didn't work because it was the early days. Mm-hmm. I think about like the first couple, of the first Guitar Hero game, and how they substantially increased the, uh, or they, they made made a lot bigger of a window for you to do, and they changed the hammer ons, so that it was a lot easier to play the game. And there was still enough room for you know in those rhythm games for the the shortcuts that they put in there and for you to still have an incredibly high skill ceiling where that wasn't the make or break for you know pros and and, and casuals. Uh, so I've seen incremental progress where making the game easier has, in my opinion, made things better overall. Uh, mm-hmm. But maybe making the game easier to beat each other is where that that starts to fall apart. Something
2: yeah. like that. Well I think Like I was saying earlier, like making the easiest, the simple things, the basics, making that stuff easier, I think is a smart move. I think that makes sense. Mm -hmm. The problem comes when you're trying to make everything easier, which I feel a lot of fighting game developers are trying to do. Now they're removing things because, oh no, it feels too bad when you get uh, bodied or whatever. But here's the thing. Hmm. If you don't like, I mean, nobody likes getting bodied, but if you can't handle getting bodied, you're not going to get good at any fighting game, no matter how dumbed down it is ever even any competitor
1: any competitive game at all like how are you going to get good at that like anyone should be able to run circles around you if they're that much better exactly
2: so these players that they're trying to cater to which i'm not even sure they exist but that's another another discussion but the people they've they've started aiming towards aren't going to be playing competitively no matter what happens and i think with every fighting game that comes out we see new talent come we see people uh, get propped up we see new players that happens every time but i don't think these players wouldn't have appeared if the game happened to be harder it just happened to be so that this game caught them for whatever reason it's not that they got into it because it was easy Mm -hmm. because if you got to that level then it wasn't easy
1: I love what you said about making the basics and other stuff easy because that does kind of add up to some of the things we've seen over the years. That seems like it works. Like, I was not offended that they made uh, parries into focus attacks and you could do them with two buttons and you didn't have to have, like, you know, a three-frame window to hit it perfectly, right? I was not offended at that. And I know a lot of people were, but I think that fundamentally worked out for what Street Fighter Four was. Um, Nick, how did you feel about that? Because I know you played a lot of Third Strike. Like, how were you with that transition from parries to focus attacks?
2: I actually didn't play First Strike before Four. I only play oh, okay. first strike after. Uh, so I can't speak about the transition itself. Um, as for focus attacks in general, I think the FADC was a very good mechanic. I think the focus attack itself wasn't a very good mechanic.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of hit and miss nature of it. I guess, I guess one of the things, and it's something that the fighting game developers really struggle with, maybe it's lost in translation, but it's, it's a lot of the messaging that surrounds these games. Like they say some of the wrong things sometimes and you're just like, Ooh, like why did you word it that way? Like you you realize that you have a bunch of rabid fans out there who just love and support your game in a certain way. Like, why are you doing messaging that's so messed up with it? And, And I think that sometimes the messaging that surrounds these games is really bad and it sounds so much like corporate speak like they're just trying to you know they, they don't care as much about the hardcore people who are, are really an extremely important part of fighting games um, and, and they're just trying to message so much to like casuals but I also wonder like how much the reality of that is right like I wonder how much is in the messaging and how much is in the reality and it sounds like from the reality that we're talking about it's not so bad like it, it seems like they usually alter more of the basics and not so much the advanced systems um, the advanced systems tend to be have enough of a curve on there where you're seeing a pretty large disparity between a highly skilled player and a lesser skilled player. Uh, I don't think we run into that too much here in fighting games, but I really like what you guys said. And hopefully maybe it's something that developers can kind of pick up where they start saying like, hey, we made the base game, the 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 mid-level game, the low-level game, like easier to play. Like, so if you want to pick this up and have fun, you can do that. And I think Seth Killian even did that a little bit with Marvel 3 uh, and shout out to Seth because he was a very bright uh, man and, and obviously still is. Uh, and, and just does a great job uh, of trying to to balance the corporate speak he would get from capcom with like here here's how this works as a gamer you know um Mm. and i think he did a bit of that but it would be nice to see more fgc developers kind of pick that up
0: uh, and run with that yeah i think it's really important to be able to hone in on the the very specific um, like like knob that you need to turn here when it comes to making mm-hmm. games easier or not. It just overall overarching saying it. It's like oh now easier to play. Like if you think if they could put like a big red sticker on the front of the the box art, right? Like now <laughs> easier for new players. Uh... Well, okay, how many people are you gonna attract with something like that? And then alternatively though, oh now catered toward pros. It's like well <laughs> you're certainly not gonna do that. I don't think messaging around this is really that smart at all. I think you're gonna turn off a significant portion of your audience. I think this is something that you need to have manifest in the play itself and speak for itself. But it's one of those kind of things where it's, it's the quiet thing that you don't really talk about because it's going to make somebody off put at some point no matter how you approach it. But if you do it well and you just stay hush hush about it, I think that's best case scenario. Because I think then you, you've you you've checked boxes for both sides. It's like the new players are able to get the moves to come out, and that's fun, you know? And then and, and it's like you don't have that early frustration. But it's not wrong to be frustrated that someone that knows the thing better than you is beating you at it. That's just life, mm. man. So yep. maybe that's the beginnings of figuring out where that specific knob or that dial or the switch or whatever metaphor you want to use is at. Yeah. Um, Nick, I actually, I want to turn this over to you
1: because of Guilty Gear, because I don't follow the game that closely, but I know you love the franchise. Um, can you talk a little bit about the messaging that's been around that game and why it's kind of turned people off? Um, and obviously playing some of the aspects of the game, uh, you, yeah, we're, we're not going to talk about the April Fool's joke. That's not an April <laughs> Fool's joke. That was actually a legitimate thing. But more more of the messaging that the developers have put out there, right? Uh,
2: okay, so this is going to get me a lot of hate in the comments. But, right on. Uh, the thing is Daisuke Shuvatari, who is the main guy behind Guilty Gear, what he's saying in interviews is markedly similar to what Ono said before Street Fighter V. And that turns a lot of people off. Um, Do you have any
0: example, or even just a, a in-your-own-words example?
2: Not off the top of my head, because okay. <laughs> I was very much put on the spot with this he's question. He's doing Ono speak. All <laughs> uh, so I don't have it off the top of my head. But I, rem- I remember he's been talking about, like, oh, we thought the pros were too good, so we want to even the playing field and stuff like that, and it's like, okay. Um, but then you have things like the removing things that people really enjoy about Guilty Gear, like the air combo game is very much neutered, And uh, they don't want to have corner pressure, so if you do corner combos, you end up wall-breaking and going to a different part of the stage. Uh, And that turns people off, because it's uh, not quite what they signed up for, or, you know, at at the time anyway. You know, we'll see what the game ends up like when it comes out. Um, But that has turned a lot of people off, and uh, there was something else I was thinking about regarding this.
1: I'll, I'll jump in and add that that I the whole basis of what we're kind of talking about here is that the developers have this kind of me- m- messed up messaging out there. It's not very. It's not very good messaging, it's pretty crappy, and it's really hard to read, especially when you're a fan of this, but the reality often doesn't end up being as harsh as the messaging that they have behind it. Mm-hmm. I think that's something we've kind of established with it, with this. So, what you just said there, Nick, about, like, give the game more of a chance, I think, with Guilty Gear especially, uh, Arxis developers are incredible. Um, I, again, there, there's very few p- companies that are capable of making extremely high-level fighting games, and Arxis is one of them. So, I, I think they deserve a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, but also, I get fans not letting them off the hook here when they're doing some kind of like boneheaded stuff right from the get-go whenever you say that the horrible sentence you just put out there nick of their messaging is a lot like oh no that makes everyone <laughs> like cringe go no like a ptsd comes out that is not a good thing
2: yeah uh, but yeah i actually remembered what it was i was going to bring up uh so um they had this extremely boneheaded quote uh first i need to explain what the risk gauge is um I think John might know, but I don't think Raptor knows. <laughs> but there's a thing in Guild Gear called the risk gauge, and uh, this is a thing I don't know the exact intricacies because I don't remember offhand, and I think it works differently in each game. But if you backdash a lot, or if you walk back, or if you block a lot, the risk gauge will increase because that means you're kind of doing cowardly play, so to Playing speak. Playing too defensively. Yeah, and then once you do get opened up, consequences will be more dire. As in, you might take more damage or they might get like a bigger frame advantage on you or whatever. So that's a thing that exists in Guilty Gear. So this also exists in Strive. But their reasoning regarding it or like their approach to it was, well, one thing we noticed was that newer players felt intimidated by Guilty Gear because there were so many different gauges on the screen. So we removed the risk gauge. But the risk system is still in the game.
0: So you just can't see the meter? It's yes. like a stun bar without
2: a stun meter on there? Yes, so they basically yeah, went, okay, so this system, which is integral to the game, it's still there, but you're not going to be able to see it anymore because it was too much things to look at. I mean, That's I love the same seeing thing they the did. stun
0: bar because that adds yeah, just, into the factor of like, will they press a button? Will they you know, risk an, uh, an invincible reversal like that very clearly plays into that equation. And it's another well, sort of juggling ball to consider in the process makes it more interesting.
1: Yeah, it, it literally they took it away in Street Fighter 4 and everyone was pissed off about it And and that's one of the things that you guys remarked right away is you're like give me the damn stun gauge back That's in the game. It's like why would you take that away? Yeah, it's like it, it's not as bad as taking away like a super meter like, you know indicator But it's it's comparable. It's like look like for hardcore players. This is a big deal Like what are you doing? And you know just give us the option to like, okay Maybe if you turn it off by default and I can turn it on that's fine Like it's stupid, but okay fine. I'll deal with that um, But yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah
2: <laughs>
0: (laughs) You know, uh, I want... Well, Nick, were you done with that thought? Uh,
2: No, I I can just add that there's uh, also the sentiment that since we've seen multiple versions now of Strive and Arcs continually say that they're taking feedback uh, based on, like, the difference from version to version, it doesn't actually look like it, and that's spooking people quite a bit as well.
1: Hmm. You know, Nick, I loved how you you set this uh, segment up and you you talked about the risk age, and if you play like an you're like John kettle you probably know exactly what that's like but John
2: Raptor you you don't <laughs> understand it. it's like, it's like an-
1: <laughs> like, I, I, I I just, I, I, I
2: figured you might have played Guilty Gear at some point <laughs> no. since you've been around for a long time, and I know Raptor's yeah. a filthy casual, so he hasn't. That. That's oh my that's gosh. I,
1: I, <laughs> I like it much better if you're insulting me openly. It's much better for that way. but uh, um, yeah, it, uh, One of the things I will throw out there is that it would be nice if there was like a, like a hardcore option. Like, you know, because I know that like uh, various developers have said, we don't want to show a ping time, we'd rather show bars because casuals understand what that means more. And it's like, okay, we'll make a freaking toggle in one of your menus that like turns hardcore mode on. And if you're a hardcore player, boom, you've got all these options in front of you. and we're paying, you know we are supporting the hell out of these games with DLC and other things. The main people who support these games are the FGC, the hardcore players. And DLC, we already know is a huge factor in these games. They're making them a lot of money so in turn hey cater to us a little bit give us a hardcore toggle in your options menu where we get all this stuff that we want and you're not having to freaking knock your game down and, and just to you know appeal to casuals and stuff like that we get that you have to do it to some degree but give us the option of turning this stuff on let give it put it there you know kind of thing and mm-hmm. and, and then we're happy you know it's like it's we don't care about going into a menu we're, we're, we're used to doing that we're used to sitting in training mode for five hours to practice a one frame link like <laughs> this is what we do uh, not if you play street fighter five but that's it's its own thing, but anyway.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I wanted to drop a this. This question deserves more research, but I want to do just to drop the bomb, ask you guys, and get your hot takes off of it. Um, when we're when if you're Capcom, you're getting ready to make Street Fighter Six. You're making Street Fighter Six most likely, and you're considering this particular thing going into it. You have uh, years now of research and examples. You have Street Fighter 2, II, Alpha, all that good stuff. Now. Riddle me this: If you look back at the sales, which game is selling the most? Right? It's Street Fighter 4. I mean, you can, you can go back mm-hmm. to Street Fighter 2; that's its own thing. But that—that's—that's that's outside of our kind of our vacuum for pretty obvious reasons here but when you're looking at more modern titles you're gonna to try to emulate the one that did the best now it's not only this isn't the only factor that made street fighter 4 sell what it sold or any of the other games sell what they've sold but do you see that and go okay so maybe that's more what we want to sample out of for most of these different arenas when we're considering how we form a game and then does that mean you kind of go towards street fighter 4's flavor when it comes to how Uh, um, how much they catered to the casuals. I mean, it, it's
1: Capcom and they're creatures of habit, and they've outright said um, when Street Fighter 4 was coming out, they said, we're going to base this heavily on Street Fighter 2. Shocker, Street Fighter 2 was the most successful Street Fighter game at that mm-hmm. time, so they're going to base it on it. Uh, I would be shocked if the messaging at some point doesn't come out that Capcom looked heavily at what made Street Fighter 4 good and tried to put that into Street Fighter 6. Plus, it backs up my theory that all the odd games in the Street Fighter <laughs> franchise are definitely cursed. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it just, it's the way it works, and the, only, the, only the even games are, are beloved in the community. That's the way. It, it, yeah, it and that's, yeah.
0: that's I can't argue against it. And really quick, let me just tag on it before you answer, Nick. And this might also you can't really divorce it from this question, but if you look at Street Fighter V and how much it caters to casuals, does that tell you you need to dial it back from
2: where you were here? Man, I don't know. Like, I think it's very difficult from Capcom's perspective to see what went right with any given game because a sale is a sale. Even the people yep. who sit there complaining all day long, they actually bought the game, right? So, well, many of them did. Not everyone, of course. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's difficult. But I think like some aspects of the simplification of Street Fighter V are things they're going to stick with. I, for example, think the frame buffer. Uh, like not having mm-hmm. one frame links outside of juggles. I think that's something that's going to stick around. Uh, I think some other things may not. Um, I've, it's hard to say but I I do hope at least that they've gotten the message that the V-Trigger system is much too dominant and that they'll dial that aspect back for Street Fighter 6 mm-hmm. I don't know, it's, it's difficult but I agree that given Street Fighter 4 being a much bigger seller they are definitely going to look at Street Fighter 4 and try to like think, okay well what did people really love about this game and I think something very similar to the FADC is going to come along. Because we've already seen hmm. kind of, like, not exactly, but FADC-ish things with, uh, as I call him, Evil Ryu in Street hmm. Fighter V. Uh, so they're already kind of toying with that idea uh, through his, uh, I don't know if it's his V-skill, he has something V-skill that one. yeah that kind of works like a focus stack to begin with, and then, uh, yeah... Um, And then you have these moves that can cancel, uh, like Poison has the stance cancels, which effectively becomes a meterless FADC in that sense, you know. So I think that's something they're going to try to bring back in some capacity at least.
1: Yeah, I could see like a Roman cancel or something from Guilty Gear like making its way in and a few other things like it's It's too much fun to do that And I mean even you who are is not the biggest fan of Street Fighter 4 I think that like it's fun to do it and it's hard to do it and and so it but it's also very powerful when you do it So it's like it's a pretty good risk reward fun balance in there, right? Mm. So I I never thought of that, but I I do agree. I could see it coming back in some fashion um, Because I think people
0: really enjoyed it. Yeah, I if, if I were to put a, a not extremely well thought out opinion out there about this, as I consider just generally, it should be easy to do the combos, easy to do the moves, but the skill and the difficulty should come in in getting to um, be able to do those in the first place, opening up, creating that situation to be able to do it against a player that knows what they're doing. If it's too casuals, it's like whatever, a jump in's is going to work 99% of the time out of whatever, right? But... It should be easy to do it, so it's fun when you actually pull it off, but there should be a difficulty in getting there in the first place and, uh, and you know, manipulating to open up the opponent. That's where it should be uh, hard. And that's my my very quick hot take, not mm-hmm. thinking about it too much, but that's where I
2: largely agree, but I also think there needs to be something that Street Fighter V has largely been lacking, which is uh, combo variability. So having... Powerful combos that are fairly easy to execute I think it's a good move, but you also need to have these combos that maybe don't give you that much more, but they give you a little bit more, and they're way more difficult
1: that's that's very Street Fighter 4 and I, I think that I think that added a lot of flavor to the game Yeah, um, and you saw people just kind of go and it added a lot of flavor added a lot of hype and it gave you just a bit more and some people just wanted to go for that and you got to see how much they would will, how many resources were were they willing to cook just to get that extra 10 damage you know kind of thing and it's like for Sokka it was like I'm going to cook everything I want yeah. that 10 damage and for other people it was like Nah, I'm good you know and, and it, it lets you express more personality yep. in these games which we definitely like right yeah. Yeah. especially
0: in the age of esports man, you can build an entire brand off of being the Socko-esque player who's all about execution, doing those crazy combos, inventing the combos like there is so much there for an eSports development. Ooh, that's exciting. Nick, you have been playing you haven't been playing you've been getting excited for king of fighters 15 and then playing older titles we've got this theme of of old and new today huh um yeah. so tell us where are you at with uh what, what are you looking forward to with king of fighters 15 and what's it been like in the in the fighting games in the uh, tension Han household lately
2: uh dude i wish i'd been playing king of fighters 15 but unfortunately um nobody even has seen it because it's been complete radio silence on that front like they did technically officially announce it 2 years ago almost to the date right now but they didn't announce it with a trailer it was just a logo right it wasn't even the logo at that point they just oh. said king of oh, fighters wow, 15 that's right. yeah and it was set for 2020 at that point but then at Evo last year so Evo 2019 they showed the logo um and that was what 16 months ago something like that so even that was a long time ago now, and I actually put a piece up yesterday um, talking about this and the general release windows for SNK titles, and if you look at their previous games from recent years, you would have King of Fighters 14, SNK Heroines, and Samurai Showdown. But all of these games were revealed with trailers though, so it's a bit of a different scenario. But the longest window for any game from its reveal to its release was King Fighters 14, and that was 11 months. So, even when we get to wow. see the game, we might still be almost a year away. <laughs> wow. uh, but yeah, I'm very excited about it because SNK have been making big games lately. Samurai Showdown seems to have done very well. Uh, a lot of the complaints people had about King of Fighters 14, where people were criticizing the graphics and stuff, haven't really been made about uh, Samurai Showdown. Um, I'm completely hooked on their mobile game, King of Fighters All Star. Uh, Do you play as one team. of the WWE characters? I have them, but I don't use them that much. I use John Cena sometimes (laughs) because he comes with the song. That's, that's reason <laughs> enough, absolutely. Uh, that's, yeah. that's pretty darn good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, and then uh, they've done all these cross-licensing deals. Obviously, Terry and Smash Bros. is the biggest one, but uh, you've had Iori guesting in a Million Arthur. You have Mai and Kula showed up in Dead or Alive. Uh, Geese, of course, and Tekken. Yeah. Halo Maru in uh, Soul Calibur. So it's very clear that SNK are doing one thing, increasing their brand awareness. And I'm guessing that the point of doing that is for King of Fighters 15 to become a bigger deal yeah,
1: I One of the things I, I will go back to is that when we saw like Midway uh, back when they were called Midway and not NetherRealm Studios, when they went through some acquisitions and we saw what happened with Capcom when like their company started to tank and we got, you know, pretty much like Street Fighter V being console exclusive, all this kind of stuff. When companies are getting like massive upheaval in them, it can be a real issue on the development team. Uh, I'm hoping that it's just a delay in the product and that's it. And it doesn't impact the quality of it. But that kind of stuff really does scare me based on the history of what we had in the You know, the FGC, we really want company stability. That's like one of the best things that you can have. Um, So that would definitely explain the delay. And so we'll just cross our fingers and kind of hope that it doesn't impact the quality of it. Because as you said, I think SNK is doing brilliant stuff like their marketing. They got they got Terry and Smash Brothers, man. Like they've got the ultimate um, IP marketing team right now working for them. I I don't know if there's a company doing better crossovers in the entire FGC. Like they're hands down. Number one, I think. And, And if you can say that, like that, you're hands down. Number one on a big point like that. You're doing a lot right, especially for, you know, a scrappy company like SNK. So I'm I'm crossing my fingers and hoping because, man, it's the SNK games always have a special spot in my heart when they're on tournament. And Nick, you know what I'm talking about here? It's they have this like unique sense of hype with them. They are so much fun to watch because the players that play play SNK games are like really good. Yeah. And they're very like they're very stylistic. Like you you just kind of feel like a whole new sense of style and things when those games are up on stream. And and I, I have a special spot, you know, you and I are watching like seven tournament streams at once and whatnot. But when the SNK games come up, like those are one of the games I really try to go out of my way to watch more than the others yeah. when I can't. You know, and it's like it's special. Like I get it. And so I get why you're hype about this game. It's fun. The, the, the SNK games are really fun, but man, I'm, I'm a little terrified here. So.
2: Yeah, I think it's fine because we know that Samurai Showdown is progressing with its DLC perfectly fine. They released uh, five characters this year and they have season three confirmed and everything. So it seems like the development side is still doing okay for them. So I hope that's the case. Uh, but yeah, I totally agree. Like the, the thing about SNK games is they're so good. cool. <laughs> like yeah. everyone yeah. thinks so even if you don't want to play them you watch them and you're like damn this is so cool yeah.
1: <laughs> it, isn't it weird like they have this like unique appeal it's it's interesting they have that like it, and it's I, I think it is I'm not going to say it's unique to SNK but it seems like SNK just kind of has a style all of their own that like people not universally appreciate but seem like Maybe like more than most other titles in the, the FTC kind of just appreciate the style of an S. K game more than most others Like it, it seems to have a, a broad appeal, you know, yeah. kind of thing And it, You know, it's you, you can make cases for Mortal Kombat Street Fighter. I'm sure but like SNK does have a, a special thing there in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree and that's why uh, leading to uh, what uh, Raptor was asking me before about like what's been going on for me fighting game-wise is I've actually fallen back in a very big way to one of my favorite fighting games, which is King of Fighters 2002 Unlimited Match. Oh, when did that come out? Uh. Um, actually, the Unlimited Match version came out 2010, so it's not that old, but the original King of Fighters 2002, which is not nearly as good, came out in 2002.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> yeah
2: so uh the unlimited match version has like a gigantic roster so many characters so much bullshit. you wouldn't believe it's amazing like dude i i've been starting playing this character called hinako and she's uh she's like a high school girl and a sumo wrestler it's amazing and she has a two Can you frame describe jab.
0: how she looks a little bit just like her, her basic you because know, um, I'm trying to figure out, uh, reconcile. No, she, she, thing. she isn't big at all.
2: Uh, so she just has a sumo style. but she Think like Karen like without regular. the curls. <laughs> all right. Yeah, fair enough. and she's a sumo wrestler. So she has a two frame jab, which can combo to knockdown and she has a command grab, which has full invulnerability and full corner carry. Think like uh, Honda's in Street Fighter V, the V-Trigger one. <laughs> so you get them in this horrible mix-up on every knockdown where you have a two-frame normal or a fully invincible command grab, and you have other stuff too, of course. That's just the basic mix-up. And the <laughs> command grab will always get them to the corner.
0: <laughs> yeah, it <sounds laughs> and it's up. just the
2: most, it's the most fun thing in the world, man. <laughs> and dude, you want to know the best thing? She probably isn't even thought five yeah yeah
1: it's it's these old school and, and if this if what nick just told you guys is not like a, a really easy thing for you to pick up on and for those of you who played super turbo nick plays vega in that game just like tokido <laughs> does and he would do the ambiguous wall crosses and all that other kind of stuff that makes it really hard and it's this takes me back to a point of like it is very fun to grief other players and finding games like it really is enjoyable it's one of the big reasons we play it as long as the griefing isn't to the point where it's like so overpowered like you're playing Rashid or Akuma or something like that, where it's real bull crap. Like you're just yeah. kind of griefing people and they have no shot at it. Like that stuff is fun, even if it's frustrating to play against. Right? Like it's it's a huge reason why we play. And it's it's a funny thing that like you're highlighting how important that is for you, Nick. And it's like it's. It's something we have to keep in mind with these future games, too. Like, like how important is that stuff? Like, it goes back to that that talk that Harada had, like, where he brought in the pro, pro player to rebalance Tekken, and, like, he just made the game so muted and dulled. It was really well-balanced, but it just wasn't fun to play, mm-hmm. Yeah, right? And that example right there really brings that home to me. Like, it's so important to have some wild stuff in there and, and so you get an idea of why you know g and abigail exist and, and, and you know they go too far sometimes with those characters but like fundamentally you need those fireworks right or yeah. the game just gets really dull and it's not fun
0: so you're saying we
2: needed rashid or else street fighter 5 <laughs> would have been dull gotcha all right
0: nick next point <laughs> never rashid
2: <laughs> no no never, never him. i think i think the thing that's kind of evident here is we brought up Pinako in kof02 and we brought up Vega in sd those characters work as fun to play Not just because they're absolutely terrible to fight against, but also because there are so many other characters in the game that are terrible to fight against. So it becomes sort of a balance of imbalance, if you will. Like Marvel. Yes, Yes. exactly like Marvel. And that's what makes it so much fun. Like I mean, I'm exposing myself here because people who listen to the podcast, they probably only know me as the guy who whines about Alex in Street Fighter V all day. They think I'm some kind of low-tier hero, but I'm actually like a massive tier whore in these (laughs) games. (laughs) Well, sometimes, anyway. I play Yamasaki, he's not that good, so, you know. Um, But yeah, I've been playing a lot of older games, like mostly KOF-02, UM, uh, but also like Third Strike uh, a bit, a lot of ST, a lot of Vampire Savior uh, this year. I'm still mainly Grand Blue Fancy versus, so that's uh, still the game I play the most. But yeah,
1: and what character do you play in that one, Nick? Matera. Mm-hmm. She's midish. ish so. tier, yeah, right?
2: Just, just she's right in the middle, I'd say. Yeah,
1: but she's right in the middle, but like you, she's a nightmare. To very, very annoying to I play idea. against. Yeah. She's oh. zoner,
2: right? Like she'll she yeah. has her arrows yeah. and those butterfly bombs and. She's a sonar and she's very good at keeping her distance. If she gets cornered, it's rough, but she's very good at jumping away.
0: Yeah, does it sound like a monotone character? And that's who I'm complaining you about. Right? Hand in hand, skipping in like an, 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 an a park setting with a rainbow emerging across the skyline, just into just zoner heaven while the rest of the city around <laughs> you burns and the rest of us are out there. It is so frustrating. I've been playing against John's Monot, um and and learning Seth in the process too, and just been getting my butt kicked left and right. And it's been a little while because he's been he's been doing other stuff as of late and and whatnot. But man. I, and I can't talk a lot of crap because I played Go Ken in Street Fighter 4 and definitely was all about that kind of stuff, man. But it's a different kind of frustration when you just can't get in on the zoner. And you guys are both worse people for having played zoning characters. I oh, just want to say that. <laughs>
1: And, and this is and this is what makes fighting games fun like that 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 anger and that like emotion that it evokes out of us and we want to go back like I immediately want to go back and, and challenge Nick Spatara and, and like try to beat her and he'll he'll destroy me like he's way better in ground blue than I am like it, it's not even going to be close but like that that it, it is fun to go up against that as long as it's not overpowered as long as it's not just complete overkill on there that's a fun dynamic of these games and it, it's really interesting you brought up that point Nick and we lose it so much in talking of frame data and talking talking in you know mechanics and other stuff like there's some universal truths to fighting games that make them enjoyable yeah and, and that's one of them right there and you know we're talking so much about future games and like i think it's a really important point that we don't lose sight of like that imbalance that's created soccer. I talks about it all the time right like it it's Great games are not usually perfectly balanced. They've got some lopsided natures, but that makes them fun, right? Yeah. It's fun to do and it's fun to try to get against it and all that kind of stuff. As long as it's not overkill. Don't make Yun and Yang again an AE. <laughs> like, no, play, we had that. We're, we're, we don't want that. But something like that, it, that it doesn't go as far as is really enjoyable, I think, in some cases.
2: Yeah, I think it kind of needs to occur naturally because we know from Ono oh quotes that Yun was made absolutely insane in AE on purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very difficult to make a satisfying meta on purpose. You can try and you should try, but when you go to like making an overpowered character and you deliberately make them overpowered, then you should go then you should make them like s n k boss characters that aren't supposed to even be in there uh but yeah, the reason I bring up these old games is because uh i mean in twenty twenty we haven't had many events right many mm-hmm. tournaments or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of why I've fallen back to this because normal years you would be too focused on, oh, what am I putting my time into? Are there even any events for this game? I need this to be like competitively viable or whatever. But this year, none of us have any events anyway. There are online events, yeah, but let's be honest. If a game is you and your roommate on the couch, that's a scene. You already have a scene in that case. yeah So when events aren't a part of the equation and you don't have to worry about like having that competitive drive and like I want to go to Combo Breaker and I want to play against 600 people or whatever it's easier to fall back to games you just love and that's kind of what I've been doing this year uh, I mean I play Granblue which I do love but Granblue is more of a current game and I enter events in it and stuff but I still fall falling back a lot to games that don't really have that many events but still are just fun.
0: Well, it's no th- longer
2: the pressure of
0: having an entire scene that's going to keep things going forward, right? It kind of just becomes yeah. in this vacuum of, well, like you're saying, in the scene, on the couch. like That's that's the beginning and end of it, and the amount of fun that you're going to have there is is everything. And then you don't have exactly. to worry about all this other stuff.
2: Yeah, and I think that's been a very smart uh, move from some developers this year, uh, realizing that, okay, this is how COVID has impacted the year. Um, it's difficult to overhaul netcode in modern games, but hey, we have some good old classic games where we can put in this mm-hmm. stuff. So they added rollback to uh, King of Fighters 2002 Unlimited match. And they more notably added rollback to Guilty Gear XX Accent Court Plus R, which is a mouthful. Um, and I think that one really exploded in part due to the growing concern about the upcoming Guilty Gear. Uh, which made all the Guilty Gear fans kind of band together and be like, "Hey, well, we got this Guilty Gear. It's got great online. We're all sitting at home right now, anyway. Let's just play it," and it completely exploded. I haven't been keeping up with it, but I know it exploded the
0: night it came out, and it was the big, the number one fighting game on Steam for a little bit and such. And uh, Nick, have you been following it all? How it's been doing since that time? If it's still kind of maintaining numbers or not?
2: I haven't been following international charts, so I don't know like where it is in the ranking. But my Discord list and my Steam list, I always have at least five people playing it. Oh, there you go.
1: Nice. It, it does show how important Netcode is. You know, if you can fundamentally implement it and stuff, and it's a great reminder. But also, like what you're saying, it's like you don't have to have it in this if you've got something of a local scene uh, and another person on your couch, basically, right? That you can play against. That's fun to play against. It's. It really does bring you back to the heart of fighting games.
2: Yeah. I think so.
0: Well, that sounds like uh, we talked about all the things we wanted to talk about. <laughs> Any, uh, all right, y'all. Well, I'll um, oh, go oh, ahead.
1: yeah. I was gonna do the outro. So. Do the Is hell out cool? of the outro. Okay. Are you good, Nick?
2: Uh, you know I'm gonna add my tag at the end, but yeah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay.
1: Boom. All right. All right, <laughs> y'all. That's gonna wrap us up for this week of the Event House Podcast. Once again, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll be back with you soon. Oh, and play, play Grand Blue. There it is, (laughs) in stereo.